Welcome, folks, to a bonus edition of Smith & Jones. Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. In fact, folks, we're going to do this throughout the remainder of the regular season for the Toronto Raptors and into the postseason and offseason as well. And I'll be frank with you, this is probably something we should have done throughout the season. So when we look ahead to next year, I promise you we will do this regularly. Of course, you can check out Smith & Jones, the full edition, the full episodes, every Thursday on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and on your favorite podcast platform. But in between shows, we often have time to hook up with players, coaches, broadcasters, etc. from around the league. And that's the case right now. Over the course of this past weekend, Jonesy and I had a chance to chat with former NBA player, NBA champion, going back to the bad boy days with the Pistons. Here's our conversation with Rick Mahorn. Rick, you've been there. What's it like when you're not winning and you're looking at a couple of years or a year down the road and trying to be a part of building something but staying professional about the process. The thing about uh, basketball is you take the 48 minutes that were pretty good, you look at it, you assess it, and you figure how can you grow from that. You're looking at you're making sure the guy's looking at that because you want to try to put a game, forty, put it together for 48 minutes. But if that doesn't happen, that's the silver lining that you look at, the good things. You don't look at the bad things because all the bad things are just going to – uh, magnetized 10 times and you'd be yeah. like, oh, we can't do that. We can't do it. No, it's a, it's a part of teaching and it's a tool. So, Rick, you've seen this team for ever? Well, yeah, for a long <laughs> ever, time ever? now. Ever, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to change it from ER to A, ever. <laughs> um, what have you seen in terms of the development, especially some of the young guys? And we, we, you and I have talked about this. You guys are coming into the league a year removed from the prom, like AAU, Maybe one year of college or somewhere, and all of a sudden they're playing for groceries. This is the new NBA. Yeah. And it's the fact that, you know, a lot of times you would get a guy like Draymond Green, for example. He was a second-round pick. A lot of the guys that played in the second-round picks, they become very good or low-pick first-rounders, play pretty well. A lot of times I look at Memphis, for example, there they had uh, Jackson and then they got Morant. But you look at the other guys, they got three years, four-year guys that can really help them out in the long run. And that's why they're number two in the Western Conference today, even without job playing as well as he not playing. But the thing is, when you try to put all your eggs in the basket and you got young guys, who's the mature one in here? This is what you look for, the maturity, but you also look for the leader. You know, you can't be leader by money. You can't be leader by, uh, you know, that you're making a lot of money. You got to be leader by setting an example on the court. So, how valuable is a guy like Corey Joseph? Oh, man, listen. Every time Corey's in the game and Rodney Magruder, guys right, that have been right. seasoned veterans, that's what you look at. And then, you know, all of a sudden, the game, the complexion of the game changes. But with that being said, that's what the younger guys got to look at those guys as example. But a lot of times these guys are not that really, uh, you know, they look at them and say, okay, well, they're not going to play long. But that's when you leech on as a player and as, a, you know, you leech on to those guys and try to teach them like Wes Unsell did me. Right. Let me ask right. you about one of those young guys then that we've been speaking a little bit about. And I'll reference Dwayne Case again. He just used the word raw when he was talking about James Wiseman. And he said, no disrespect to, to Golden State, they couldn't really – mold him because they didn't have necessarily the time or the ability to because they were at a different phase, a different stage. Now we've got a chance to maybe work with him a little bit more. Well, here's the thing that I say on that. 
I look at Chauncey Billups' career, for example. Chauncey Billups was first-round pick, been here, been there, been been practically everywhere. But until he got to Detroit, it's all about the system. Golden State system is the three ball. And and also, when you have Looney, who's a consistent, all the bigs all did their job. They're role players. Can James Wiseman be a role player in this league? Yes, he can. It just depends on what particular offense that he's in. You gotta find your niche in everything that you do. Can he be more than a role player? I he just said he yeah, can be. Listen, he can be. You know, when I look at him and the way that he uncoils and that height and that, that the, the the way that he moves around the court, he could be a good role player. I'm not saying he's gonna be a star. Just because you get picked one, two, three in the league, it doesn't mean you're gonna be a star. It's gonna be how. To, what is your niche? You got Mitchell. You got Andrew Wiggins, who was the number one pick. He didn't find his niche until he got to Golden State. So those are the things that I look at as an example when a guy gets a new look at life and understand what he's he's able to do and fit into an uh, offensive organization that can help his game and develop and and let him work. How much growth are you seeing from James Wiseman right now, Rick? Well, I'm seeing that he can rebound the ball and he can block shots. But also, you know, he's a finisher around the basket. Wish he would get more touches, but he doesn't. He'll have three touches in the first half. But that's not the offense that's made for. But in the second half, you give him the ball. But people like Corey Joseph, they understand it's a program. You give you give that guy who's the hot man, give him the ball. Yeah. Let's ride the hot man. That's what Isaiah and I were talking about a couple of games ago. It's like, give him the ball. He's wide open. Yeah. you know. But that's the learning process that you find when you're looking at film and you're executing plays. All right, let me switch the conversation completely to something Jonesy and I have been talking a lot about, especially with this team, the Raptors, over the last few weeks. After Fred Van Vliet and Ben Taylor, the official, kind of had their little their little run, and Fred made his comments and whatnot. Now, hold on. You're talking to one of the original bad boys that's, about that's referees. That's why I'm about okay? to ask so the just, question. Just put the disclaimer just, out there. Just, just throw I, it out there. I'm not trying to take any money out of your pocket. You ain't going to never take no money out of my pocket. I ain't got none. <laughs> well, you got more than me. I guarantee that. How much has the game changed from when you played, let alone the way the game is called and the relationships or the interactions, let's say, between the officials and the players? Because well, it seems like it's at a level that it hasn't been for quite a while. The, the game has changed. They changed because of us, the, the physicality that we had in the game and the respect we had of the referees because we knew that they are going to do their job. We could still cuss them out, but those are the things that you look at. Yeah. But in that same sentence, you know, you got these young guys coming in the league and they feel that they, hey, they can speak their mind and whatever they yes. want to do. Yes, You know, this is like, are, are they privileged with all that? Sometimes I say, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's when you have veterans around say, look, he's not the one. That's what, you know, what Sunsell taught me, Adrian Dantley taught me. Said, no, nah, not him. But then the other guy, yes, him. You can say, you know, say what's on your mind. Joey Crawford, Mike Mathis, all those guys used to look at me and go like, oh, he's about to blow one. But the fact of the matter is that you had the respect. It was a respect. Yes. And I think when they look at it, you're, you're, just because you make a lot of money, though, means you're better than the guys that are officiating. Rick, the whole thing around it, and you, I think you had hit a key point where young guys come into the league, they've seen some of the stars around the league trying to get calls, asking for calls. They come in, like you said, the NBA's marketing them, their teams are marketing them. They're smelling themselves a little, and they start going out there asking for calls. Well, the thing is, you got to establish yourself. you got you got to make your bones in this league, just the way y'all did on the radio and on TV as well. You, you make your bones, and if you, you have a good and valid point, you can always go up to a, a person and just say, you know what, 
Jonesy, you didn't say something that should have been appropriate or whatever, but you show them respect. I had to learn that, especially being as hot-tempered as I was. I learned how to go to the referee and say, how did I do it? What can I do to get this? Or, you know, you, you come in and you you communicate. Communication is gone. And it's not knocking yeah. just yeah. what it is, but it's social. You got it's a social network. We don't talk anymore. Right. We, we, we look and we look into how many likes or whatever they're looking for. I don't, you know, it's like communication. Let's talk. Let's yeah. have a conversation so I can learn how you are as a person and you can know how I am. Do you Funny, think I say that, it to my own kid all the time, yeah, right? No, it's hey. not what you say, it's how you say mm-hmm. it. Put your phone away at the table. We're talking. Rick, do you think that that whole Fred thing is kind of going to reset it a little bit with officials and players around, uh, you know, we got to have these conversations. We need to communicate a little better. I think they are. I mean, yeah. those are the things that I hope Adam Silver is looking at. And also when they do have those meetings where coaches can talk and say what, what's going on on, you know, what, what, what the pulse is on their team yeah. to another guy. But the thing to me is always keep that open door of communication. Yeah. How can we get, not saying how can I get better, how can we get better as players and how can we get better as, as the NBA? Uh, Rick, and I want to go here with you as somebody, again, who's been around the league and watched MVPs from Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. There's a real buzz now about the MVP. About three weeks ago, everybody had Jokic winning his third. And, I, and people that listen to this radio station know me, and I'll come clean. My MVP plays both ends. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He's, he's brilliant offensively. But I don't know if he could guard me at times on the defensive end. <laughs> Who plays defense anymore? But that's but what I'm saying, Rick. The thing is, the NBA, can, the NBA, the NBA has you, devalued defense. It that, seems like, and that's the thing that you look at. I think uh, uh, Monty Williams was upset with the free throw right. disparity, forty-two to twenty or something like that. That's it's like, well, what's going on? You know, you look at it and you say, who is the defense is not allowed anymore. Defense isn't allowed in this league anymore they want to see high scores right and if they don't want to see an 89 they don't want to see a bloodbath like we used to do hey man i'm a purist and i'm I was pu- good with and, that and that's the purest in you but it's not a lot of pu- look at all the purists that we do have yeah it's not the purest buying all these tickets it's no. the fans that's looking at everything else they want to see the dunks they want to see the three-pointers yeah they want to see you break an ankle hey man i, I was good when detroit was playing la and it was 82 81 and 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 a, and a basket was like a goal in soccer, man. You had to work for it. You had to earn it. The defense was tough. But to the MVP conversation, Rick, do we have voter fatigue with a guy like Giannis? I mean, no, I, look no. at, I, I look at Jokic. He's brilliant offensively, doesn't play a lot of defense, and beats coming into his own. How do you, how do you pick one of those guys the right thing, now? The thing with me is, like, some people like the way Giannis plays. Some people like the way Embiid plays. It's just like in the political the political climate. Right, right. Some are de- Democrats, some are Republicans, some are independent. It just depends on who's voting. That's what I'm saying. And who can get the narrative? The narrative is what you see. Oh, he's the new MVP or he's an MVP. Right. When it's thrown out there and you catch it instead of doing your homework like you're, you as a purist, you go like, uh oh, well, I'm going with Giannis because I think Giannis plays both sides. Right. I'm going with – I don't see Joel Embiid. He'll block a shot occasionally, but it's all about how much offense you can do and how much right. you can produce. Rick, always great to chat with you. Uh, uh, Jonesy, for you guys, I'll do it all day. Oh, it, come on, it, man. It, it, make sure you give me my money later. <laughs> you, said, you said you didn't have any when oh, we started. Oh, no, I said so. you owe me money. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right.
Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to settle that at another time. Rick, great to chat, man. You, you too. That was our conversation with former NBA champion and now Pistons broadcaster Rick Mahorn. We did that over the course of the weekend. We wanted to provide you with some bonus content here on Smith & Jones, but make sure you check out our feed and our live show itself coming up on Thursday as well. Fresh content every Thursday on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and on all of your favorite podcast platforms, but we will do these little bonus shows, these little abbreviated shows from time to time as well. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Rick Mahorn, and let me remind you again to subscribe to Smith & Jones wherever you get your podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Again, all of the fresh stuff coming on Thursday, but we will update the feed like this from time to time as well. Thanks for tuning in, folks.